Welcome to Investors Insights. Our topic today is juggling January markets. The reason we chose that topic is because several of our clients have commented, wow, all the information, all the noise, the economy, the markets, COVID, I feel like I'm juggling a lot in my life. And the markets are listening to that same noise and information coming at them as we see volatility in the market. I'm joined this morning by three gentlemen I thoroughly enjoy working with on portfolio strategies, Adam Van Zant, Bobby Norman, and Trey Booth. And we think we have some information for you this morning that will help calm or at least help you not feel like you're juggling uh, through the month of January. So with that, Adam, I'm going to ask you first to talk about the technical analysis or in essence where we're seeing the S&P 500 and just to elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, appreciate it, Greg. And like you said, we covered a lot of data this morning. So Friday's close on the S&P came in at 3,824. That pushes a new resistance level to 3,880, a new support level of 3,730. So you might see a wide range right there, wide gap. And, you know, we do have the inauguration coming up, so we might see some volatility come through. Uh, one other thing we're keeping an eye on is the 10-year Treasury yield. So last week on Wednesday, we saw this push over 1% for the first time since last year on March 19, 2020. Uh, this is a big deal. We're now looking at a 1.13% on Friday's close. So, you know, this could be a potential shift like we talked about last week. We talked about individual sectors inside the S&P 500. This could be a shift in the financial sector. Well, and, and I think it's a very important point to make. Uh, as we start this year, one of the topics we're going to he hear is about inflation, the cost of things going up. Number two, will interest rates go up? And we saw movement in interest rates on the 10-year treasury. Also, from the standpoint, can the market continue to move up? And if interest rates stay low, what's the impact on that? Or if they start to move up, how will that impact the overall market? From the standpoint of the economy in relation to the market, you know, how are they working together? Are they in sync or separate? Uh, also, from the standpoint, corporate earnings uh, in terms of we've had to use technical analysis with COVID-19 and, you know, think about last March, April and May when all this started how we've had to navigate through the market using technical analysis like you've just explained, Adam. And then from the standpoint, all the politics that are involved as well. And Bobby, you did a great job just talking about, uh, you know, administrations and uh, Democrat, Republican people can get into all the political issues and debates, but there's historical information that we take a look at as well and talk about that in relation to the S&P 500, which Adam just discussed. Yeah, Greg, last week in the vlog, I shared a chart that showed that the market historically outperforms in a divided Congress and that the market tends to underperform uh, when Democrats control Congress. But so now that we know that the Democrats will control Congress, I want to show that it doesn't necessarily mean the market will be negative. So as you can see in this chart, they're going back to 1951 when Harry Truman was president and the Democrats controlled Congress, that the market has been higher 83% of the time when Democrats control the White House and Congress with an average annual return of 13.2%. Now, it's important to know that there were a lot of other things going on in the world in these times, and this chart just shows market performance. So while taxes and regulation might go up, so will government spending, which is why GDP is historically higher 
when Democrats control the White House and Congress. So as always, no guarantees, but the historical performance of the market would suggest a Democratic sweep shouldn't cause investors uh, concern strictly based on the makeup of the White House and Congress. Well, and, it, and it's a great point. And as people look at the chart, for example, and I clearly, I clearly remember the Jimmy Carter years, it's the only time in history we had double-digit interest rates, 78, 79, 80, and 81. So even though the market performed well, inflation uh, took off. You know, my first mortgage, as I like to, to say, was uh, you know, at around 10%. And uh, I came out of college in 1981, and so there were mortgages at 19%. So the, the, the chart that Bobby showed this morning talks about S&P 500 and market performance. But as he said, and I really appreciated this, there are no guarantees, and there's a lot of other variables that take place in these environments. So as we see here, rates moving up a little bit, you know, from standpoint and then volatility in the markets. We're going to be watching all these combinations, but it gives everybody a perspective in relation to the administrations and, and policies of uh, Congress. So also then, Trey, you brought some positive news or good news to the table as far as I'm concerned, because it was kind of like, all right, juggling in January here. Uh, but the other side of it is we may actually start to go back to ways of looking at corporate earnings more so than technical analysis like Adam talked about. Yeah, that's right, Greg. It's been a, it's been a, a cloudy year for corporate earnings. Uh, not, just, uh, not just earnings being lower, but also guidance has been hard to come by because of the virus, because of the political uncertainty. Companies have been slow to guide to the future. And so it's, it, it, we're going to kick off fourth quarter earnings season. And it's very important for us because it, it feels like maybe we're going to get back to some normalcy where we'll be looking out at what the companies not just report in earnings for the fourth quarter, but what they are projecting out to 2021 because the market does price in the future. It's a mechanism that prices in future expected results. And so why has the market continued to go higher while earnings have fallen? We've seen the price to earnings ratio, which is the price of the market, the S&P 500, that number that Adam quotes us every Monday, yes. over the earnings, which is the cumulative earnings of companies. We've seen that price over earnings rise to historic levels. How do you get that, how do you get that back to normal? You got to see earnings come up. And so we're expecting earnings to drop in the fourth quarter by 9.8%. But some, some good news is, is that we're expecting revenues to come in, in the fourth quarter down only 1.3%. So that means business activity is out there. There's just not as much earnings at the end of the day because costs are higher, because I think we all know that life has become a little more difficult, a little bit more costly. And so it's not really looking backwards. It's important, though. What will be important is what do these companies project out in the 2021? And projections currently are very positive. And so if we have these positive projections in the market, while it may look expensive based on the now, it may not be as expensive when looking out. If you take into account all the stimulus money that's been put into, that's going to be put into the, the economy, maybe that gets spent, and you have earnings higher. Again, inflation, inflation can be positive for earnings, and so a lot of pauses may come out of earnings season. And so, kind of hopeful that we can get back to the normal, uh, you know, blocking and tackling of, of of analysis on the market, looking at how companies how companies sell to the consumer, make money, report that earnings, pay dividends, and the market is valued based on that. It'll, be, it'll feel really good for us to get back to kind of normal a little bit on how you analyze the market. Well, and, and that is so true because we use fundamental and we use technical analysis, which both Adam and you have referred to. And then from the standpoint of what's taking place 
in terms of the news, the politics, and everything else. Bobby's referred to that. And it's a combination of looking at all these things that really helps us understand how to navigate and not feel like we're juggling, and nor do we want our clients to feel that way. The other side of it is also, is just as a reminder here and a major value and emphasis at Five Plan Partners, is that all our portfolios are managed to the financial blueprint. We customize our financial blueprints to understand what rate of return our clients need or better to get them to those dreams, those goals that they want to achieve. And so with all this chaos and noise that's taken place, we've been able to navigate through all that using the combination of the information like we're explaining to you today. So hopefully it gives you some comfort to understand that yes, there's a lot of variables out there, but taking those variables and starting to look at the what if scenarios, what are the the ways the market could be impacted, how can your portfolio be impacted, and at the same time, how can you be rewarded uh, within your portfolios and your strategies. All this goes into play as we have our portfolio strategies meeting and in conjunction with the rest of our team here at Five Plan Partners. We will continue to give you this information. The month of January is going to have plenty of it, and we're going to make sure that we provide you with specifics and understanding of how we're moving through the markets in this month of January and throughout 2021. We're going to use our social media. Uh, You should have gotten a letter from us, uh, an email on Friday, just talking about how things are looking. We're going to continue to do these vlogs. Every way we can be cutting edge to communicate with you, to make it effortless, to make it limitless on how we can can show you all the information that we're looking at. We hope you have a great week. We will continue to uh, monitor everything and we're gonna keep you updated. Thanks again.